you so much, Paul, and uh, thank you very much for um, the welcoming for, from everybody. We had a great holiday. Thank you so much. Uh, as a family, we managed to be away for a couple of weeks. That was great, and God's grace was there. And uh, But it's good to hear what God's been doing here, and uh, obviously great to be back. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Bessie, and it's a privilege for me to be part of the leadership team of this church. And uh, just to encourage the men, please, guys, respond with the, um, the camp forms. We need to know how many guys are coming. It's two weeks, 24th of February, Saturday. We want to leave early Saturday morning and come back Sunday morning. And Kenny, who we had the picture of just, just a while ago, will be joining us for that time. And just a time for men in, men's input. And on top of that, um, some time ago, about three weeks ago, just before we went on holiday, we started with a time on Friday mornings, calling it Man Up. Uh, at five o'clock on a on a Friday morning, and we've um, we've determined to have it every second Friday, and um, just because of us going away on holiday, we've not um, continued with it. But this coming Friday, we will do it again at our house at 16 Clear Road, calling it Man Up. It's time for us as men to man up to what God is calling us to be and to do, and also to get up early in the morning. And just to get together with a couple of other men and be stirred around the things of God for us as men is a valuable thing. So if you would like to join us this coming Friday at 16 Clay Road, we'll be meeting there again. And then I just wanted to mention we picked up a few Bibles when we were down south uh, this time. And uh, I brought a few extra so that if anybody here, I know that they're not... Bibles easily available and decent ones in town at a good price. Now these Bibles, they're very nice. It's a very simple, it's called the Thin Line Bible. It's a leather cover. Um, it's the ESV translation, English Standard Version. And it's a little bit of time of commercialism, commercializing here quickly. This will go for $20 only. I think in time we'll probably get it for over 40 Very nice, simple Bible. I've got about five of them. And then I bought one extra, one study Bible. Also, the ESV translation. This is the hardcover. This will go for forty dollars. We're not trying to make anything out of this. We're just selling it at the price that we bought it for. So, if anybody's interested, this will be available. Could you take it to the info hub, please? And I have more space up front. Yeah. Thanks, Paul. Um, so, please, if you're interested, you could buy it from us. All right. And if you really, really don't have money, talk to us. Is that okay? We'd love for you to have a Bible. This is mine. I've been using it for a couple of years already. And I love it because it's very nice and simple and, and easy to, to cart around. And uh, just a great tool. And by the way, just a few little things that I've got to mention. We have pray, praise reports and prayer um, request cards at the Info Hub. If you are in whatever situation that you're really just needing people to pray with you, um, we'd love for you to pick up one of these, complete it, and give it to us. And as elders, we would pray over it with you and stand in prayer with you and and uh, ask others to also join in. And if there's a praise report, we'd love to hear what God's doing in your life. And just to give thanks to the Lord. So please pick up one of these from the Info Hub. Alright, you all good? Good to see you. Jesus, we thank you that we can be together. And uh, dive into your word. And consider the beauty of who you are. through looking at your word. And I pray that you will help me, Lord Jesus, to communicate what you want to say, not what I necessarily have planned. Trust you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So I brought this little instrument. I don't know how many of you have last seen a kaleidoscope. Uh, this little tube thing that um, you peek in there and then as you turn it around, it's, it's full of little pieces of plastic colored um, or even glass, I think. And it gives you all different shapes. And a beautiful picture that comes out here. But the amazing thing about this is that this comes from a friend. Um, and this particular friend, he's older than me, he gave it to me the other day, probably about two years ago, if you talk about the other day. Um, but he's a friend from a country called the Czech Republic. And the amazing thing about this friend of mine is that him and I can never communicate to each other in a language that both of us can understand. So it's always going to be through an interpreter. But the incredible thing about Karel, as his name, is that every time I see him, as we see each other, we kind of like have teary moments. I'm not a man full of tears, easily, but um, this guy drives me to tears. <laughs> what are you laughing at? Um, but just a very, very special and precious friend that I have. That when I see him, and I often have the privilege to go to the Czech Republic and visit churches there, and every time I see Karel, we have this amazing moment together. It's very difficult to explain it because none of us can, hi, good morning, how are you doing? Kind of like to smile and hug and, and smile and, and tears. and It's just there's something, something so, so special um, that we have. And I think it's just a simple thing called friendship. And I love friendships. I love connecting to people in a meaningful way. I don't necessarily appreciate those very close moments where you don't know who's standing next to you and how long you will still be in this queue because it's a border post called Bite Bridge and, and it's just inevitable that you will be here for a while and, and you don't know who the people are and would you ever be helped? I had a moment like that yesterday again, so it's kind of fresh in my mind as you can see. But the point is I love being with people and building meaningful friendships with them. And the point is that that I'm not trying to say that I'm so special in, in talking about this, is that I, reading through this book of Nehemiah that we're on in the series called Restoration and, and Building Beyond Ourselves, I've realized that, that Nehemiah could do what he was doing. And, and you've got to agree with me, he did an incredible thing. If you've read through the story, and if you haven't read through Nehemiah, don't raise your hand, but please read through Nehemiah. Okay? It's very good for us to stay on par with each other where the story is going and what it, what's happening. But Nehemiah could do a whole lot of stuff, build, rebuild a wall that was broken for 140 years and, and nobody really kind of cared about it and, and did anything about it. He came around from, from a foreign land and did it in 52 days and he, and he repaired this incredible wall. And I believe that he could do that because he had a healthy relationship with God. Now how does that make you a construction worker? No doesn't necessarily help you with how to do the bricks. Because it's a skill that we acquire, I understand. But God invested something in him, in Nehemiah, that he used to inspire other people. And it started with his friendship with God. The amazing thing is that we, as we read through Nehemiah 1, and we're still on Nehemiah chapter 1, and well done to Clive and Yanku, still pursuing just what God um, is is revealing to us from chapter 1, and we're still going to be stuck in chapter 1 this morning, when, when God uses a portion of Scripture to indicate something to us that I believe is very, very significant. 
And it's a fact that most of chapter 1 consists of a prayer and a conversation, if you want to put it that way, that Nehemiah has with God. And in that conversation, we pick up that, that definitely Nehemiah was, was acquainted with God. It wasn't someone that he had never heard about saying, to this unknown God out there, I don't know much about you, but if you could help me, I hear about this situation and, and, and the circumstances in, in Jerusalem, and I feel like I've got to do something. I don't know if you can, but won't you perhaps make a way for me to get there and help me? No, it's quite the contrary. When he talks to God, he talks as a friend of God. And that's why I'd love to title this morning's message just Friendship with God. And, and take it from just a little page out of the story of Nehemiah that will help us understand that friendship with God resulted in him actually accomplishing everything that God had called him to do. And so often we, we rely on our own skills and our own wisdom and, and our own talents and, and our own resources to do what we're supposed to do, but we don't simply base it on a friendship that we can have with God. Somebody said this once, he said that it's not the beauty of a building you should look at. It's the construction of the foundation that will stand the test of time. And so often we are, isn't it amazing that we are enthralled and we are amazed by what we see when a building, uh, you know, is built and, and everybody comments about the outer appearance, but nobody says it's a great foundation, eh? Have you seen the foundation? It's like, no, no, man. I, was, I loved it coming here every day when they were busy building the foundation. It like made so much sense. I could see the, the different... Um, Rooms and, 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 and the different stories, if it's a high-rise building that would come from this foundation. No, you can't really see, because it's just the foundation. But the foundation determines the building, isn't it? And I want to suggest to you that the foundation of a friendship with God determines our lives. And so often we ignore the simplicity of what a, a friendship with God could mean and could be. And if we look at Nehemiah, we see... A little bit, and it's not the only person in the Bible that we could use to illustrate this. But because we're in the book of Nehemiah, we're going to use him. Alright? And so, restoration for us as individuals starts with a healthy foundation. Restoration, therefore, starts with a healthy friendship or relationship with God. We're called, and that's why we're doing this book of Nehemiah. Because he was involved in restoring a wall. But we feel that God is speaking to us as a church that He has called us to be involved in a restoration work in the city and in our community and in our families and in our own lives. But a restoration cannot start unless there is friendship with God. See, I can have all the skills in the world and I can really go and try and, and, and apply that into this world, but what the world really needs is not all my skill. What the world needs is my friendship with God to illustrate to them that there's a God who's interested in them. As we sang earlier this morning, come to the Father. They need to know that. That's where their hope is found. There's nothing else that we can really give the world but from our friendship with God. It's from our friendship with God that God opens up our minds to these incredible creative ideas of how we can actually bring about change in our world. And I do want to encourage you as a church. King's Church. 
I want to say to you that out of our friendship with God, I believe God's going to stir our hearts towards creative ideas that will change our communities like we've never seen it before. And amongst us are men and women and young people sitting here with, with incredible resources of skills and of talents that can bring about change. Don't worry about them. They just normally do it when I start preaching. They move around like part of my act. They're doing well, eh? Is that for me? Or, or? Oh, it's recording. Hello. Testing. One. Point is this, that amongst us, out of our friendship with God, I believe God wants to touch this world, but He requires you and I to be connected to Him so that He can speak to us about what the world needs. And we cannot wait for the world out there to come to Zimbabwe, to come and change Zimbabwe. We are here, and you are in friendship with God to make it happen. That's like a great point. I love people talking to me. It's like when, when we were in the queue yesterday at the border. It's like, I, I don't know about you guys. You're amazing, you Zimbos. But one thing about you I don't understand is that when you're in a queue and somebody else pushes in, you don't say a word. It's like, I don't know what it is. You guys are phenomenal. So patient. So tolerant. And I'm like, so me and I'm like, ah, sorry, hey, buddy, ah. I'm so worried. Go stand at the back. All of us are queuing. You see, you see queue? Yeah, I see queue. That means that we fall in right at the back. We don't go to the front. You understand it? And it's such an effort to try to explain this. The point is, what is the point? But our friendship with God enables us to see things that others may not see. You see, we see problems in this nation. But out of our friendship with God, we see answers to this nation. Uh-huh. And we don't need people from New York to sit in a boardroom to discuss what, what Zimbabwe needs to come across here and sort out Zimbabwe. We have people here that are in friendship with God. Look at your neighbor. All right? Don't look at me now. This is a good moment where you can just look at your neighbor. Oh, yeah, I've got to record it. It's like I was just getting so used to not having to use this thing. Why is this so bad? I mean, really seriously. <laughs> Point is this. We have the resources, the godly resources. I'm not talking about money and, and material things. I'm talking about people. You, my friend. You. Don't look at your neighbor now. There's a moment. You do look at them. Now you look at yourself and say, you have been put here in this nation that through your friendship with God, you will hear these whispers from heaven that will speak into your heart and give you ideas of how you can be a catalyst of change and of transformation and of restoration in this nation. But unless we focus on this, we're going to try to use other parameters or other foundations to work from. And that, that base or that foundation so often can become my human abilities, my human intellect, my human wisdom. But God says, I want you to, in friendship with me, like Nehemiah had, speak and listen. And speak, and listen, and do. Because there comes a time when we need to do. Uh-huh. God says, 
I'm going to go wait on Jesus, and in three years' time, I'll be back. You guys, bless you, have a great time. No, I'm going to wait. And Jesus did this so often. He so often went, and out of his friendship with God, his Father, he waited. He said this, by the way, I don't do anything unless I hear from, from Ikone. No, 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 from the Father. And so he, he recognized his own dependence to hear from the Father to do what the Father wanted him to do. And how dare we ignore that and say, the friendship that I have with God is just for my own benefit. <laughs> it's like I really feel so good to be with God. It's wonderful. And I love just spending time with Jesus and talking to Him and He's like just cuddling me and and he does that, but he doesn't do it just so that I can feel good. He does it because he wants to impart some heavenly knowledge and heavenly understanding to me so that as I go into this world, I can make a difference. I believe amongst us are people that are going to come up with business ideas that will astound this world. I believe there are people amongst us that will come up with ideas that will bring people together in relation to that will astound this world. It was like, wow, how could that have happened? How did you do that? How did you manage? I believe there are people amongst us that will be used by God in ways that you never ever dreamt. You think, well, this is who I am. This is my whole little world. I'm fine here. I sit in my office. I'm in my chair. This is what I've always been doing. And I know how to do it. How many of God's going to stir you beyond your, your comfort zone? And reach into your heart through a friendship with Him that will enable others to see who God is through your secular work, my friend. You don't need to come behind this pulpit and stand here and preach to people. You're on that side. That's why we always say the power of the church is not on this side of the pulpit. The power of the church is right the other side of the pulpit. It's you. It's you. It's you. And how do you do that? How do you become that through your friendship with God? Amen? It's one of the areas that we really need to pray into. That us, as His people, will recognize His call on us to be His people in this world. And do it, and express it, and create it in incredible ways that will make people see how great and how good our God is. I believe that's going to happen. I really believe that. So relationship, friendship with God. Is this foundation that we need. There's this great danger in our walk with God. That we can try to live outside of that. We can pretend that, that we have this. Because we come to church, we, we have Bibles, we read it every now and again, we, we do understand a little bit about the Bible stories, we have a little bit of an idea of what Jesus did and, and we responded and, and one day when I die, no, I'll go to heaven and and I'm fine with that. But yet, I know that my friendship with God is actually very, very shallow. How do I know that? Not because I know a lot about God. But I know that when I have a friendship with God, more of God becomes part of who I am. Isn't it? One of the beautiful things they say about marriage, and I remember hearing this from a man years ago. He said, you know what? My wife and I, we've been married for so long that it's so strange, but I, actually we're starting to look like each other. 
I wish I could look like my wife. She's looking beautiful. Next time. Point is this: is that when we spend time with a person, an individual, for a period of time and an extended period of time, and, and it becomes many years of marriage, we start to think alike. We start to talk alike. We we start to enjoy similar things, and and so one day Samina's going to start running with me. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I'm still waiting for that moment. I've started appreciating flowers more. I think it's rubbing off. <laughs> I know what a rose looks like. No, this is a, if, the more we spend time with God, the more we build our friendship with God, we become more like Him. We don't become more like Him by just sitting here with all due respect to you. And well done for coming, right? Okay? Well done. Well done. Well done. You didn't do this for me. Come. I trust you, honey. This is really not going to help. I trust that you're sitting here because you're pursuing God. You're genuinely interested in Him. And you genuinely want to become more like Him. But you know what? If we just coast along and we come along like, a, like this to a meeting and we, oh, well, this is my Christian duty and I'm just doing the right thing, you know. At least they see me and, and they recognize that I'm around and Friendship with God is not built around these moments. Friendship with God is a lifelong pursuit. It's like you want to be a friend with someone? Engage that person. We had the privilege of just connecting with some friends on our holiday now again. And that's just so great. And it's, there's some of these friends that you haven't seen them for, for many years, but when you connect with them again, it's like old times. All over. In a moment. You don't have to, oh, your name again? And so what's been happening now, it's just, there's a connection. And I believe that with God, a friendship with God, and, and looking at just from this prayer in Nehemiah 1, we can see what it really looks like. The danger is for us that we can just carry on and, and live shallow lives. And on the outside, we may seem to be spiritually quite impressive, because, you know, I carry a very big Bible around. Where I attend church regularly, and I do the stuff that believers normally do. But when I start... Scratching and digging, I actually realize some of the following things. I find that, or we find that, we struggle with simple things. Things that actually, through a friendship with God, should, should start changing. Because God is not like this. And so if I build a friendship with someone that's, that's so much bigger and, and holier than me, I need to become more like Him, correct? And so if I look at Him, and I notice these things, I'm like, God, I, I need so much more time with you just to read and study you and engage you. And, and some of the struggles that we often find amongst us, myself included, all right? Okay, see my hand? I find that we, we often struggle with some of these things. We struggle to admit when we are wrong or simply to say, I'm sorry. The struggle with these things. We struggle by regularly criticizing others. We just struggle. I'm just so critical and judgmental on others. I, I struggle. We struggle being open and transparent about our own battles. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm fine, okay. You say it with much conviction, but actually you don't want them to ask, what do you really mean? 
because there is a real battle going on inside you don't want anybody to know about. We struggle just being too busy. Just too busy. We don't have the, the, almost the guts just to stop and say, that's enough. I can't carry on this way. We struggle tolerating different points of view. Yours is different than mine. I don't appreciate what you think and how you think. I just can't handle that. Mine is a better opinion. How we struggle tolerating each other. We struggle with secret sins in our lives that are often very destructive. Nobody knows about it. Because my secret life is my secret life. But in essence, the friendship that I have with God is not reaching into those deep hidden areas that it can change it because I pretend. I'm just fine. I've come to a meeting and that's all. Just don't ask me too many questions. I'm at a church meeting. That's enough for me. You start getting closer to me, let's start queuing together a bit. No, no, that's not for me. They say the real essence of Christianity is not found in sitting next to each other like this, shoulder to shoulder. The real essence is found in sitting across from each other, face to face. We can do this, and you are doing it well done, right? That's why we often ask you, why don't you just greet the person next to you? Because it helps you to understand that oh, there's actually somebody next to me. It's not just me. <laughs> there's someone next to me. And if it was your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, you would have known, I hope so, because they would have reached out and just touched your leg and your hand. You can do that now. Happy birthday, Prince. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. Where was I distracted there? We struggle with all sorts of things. We struggle with feelings of bitterness and resentment towards people. We struggle with those things. We pretend they're not there, but boy, you put me across from them. I just can't handle it. Don't ask me to go for a coffee with David. Because David and I have had this issue. This is an illustration. Of, <gasps> right? Good on you, Dad. We've been okay here. Ever since that last time we've known. <laughs> this, I've had conversations with people where they said to me, please don't, please don't ask me for a coffee with someone who's another believer. Just, please don't. Why? Because the other person doesn't like coffee? No, it's nothing to do with the essence of what we do. It's the heart issue that comes up. And now please think that out of friendship with God, we should be able to relate to anybody. By the way, the scripture says this 1 John 4 verse 20. John says, this is if you if you say you love God but you hate fine. You're a a what? A liar. You're a liar or a hypocrite, same thing. You're a liar. Can I say that to you this morning? You've never heard this from a preacher. If you say you love God, but you hate your brother or your sister, you can't get along with them, I want to say to you categorically from scripture, you're a Liar, my friend. And friendship with God has not taken full effect in our lives if we start living like that. You're a liar. Bless you. I love you too. <laughs> you must say that to me too. If you say, Bessie, I can see that there's resentment in your heart towards another believer or towards another person for that matter. And you say, oh Jesus, I love you. My friend, I don't care who you are, pastor or whatever. You're a liar. You're going to be able to say that to me. Because we cannot pretend that friendship with God is taking full effect in our lives if we live that way. 
got to be real. Another struggle that we have is we struggle in our relationships with people just with all sorts of little things. It's unnecessary. We struggle. And we don't want to admit that we struggle. <laughs> How many of you want to raise your hand that you're struggling this morning? No. None of us want to. Because you're, you're all are struggling. I'm struggling. Okay? The best thing we can do is to admit that we struggle. And where do we run to? Don't run to Donald Trump. I know that he's very good at relating to people and how to get across cross-cultural and cross-relational issues. <laughs> he's very good at it. I know. Don't, I mean, you can read his books on 101 ways to befriend people and not make enemies. He's very good at it. But the best thing you can do, my friend, is run to your best friend, God himself, to help you understand who you are. He is so that you can relate to others. Not, oh God, I run to you because this friend of mine is Please sort him out. I've often found those kind of prayers, just like boom, up against the ceiling. God, this, this person, like God say, hey, where are you? <laughs> I'm so glad that you've come to me, but I actually want you to come to me about you, not about him. Alright? Friendship with God takes us to the place where we can humbly admit that we are in need of change. So Nehemiah introduces us to something beautiful that we can certainly learn from. And he relates his activity with people and for people to his friendship with God and enables us to understand the necessity of bringing these two together. Relationship with God connects us to people in a healthy and God-honoring way. So unless we have a healthy walk with God, Allah for God and amongst people, will always be lacking. Can I say that again? Unless we have a healthy walk with God, friendship with God, our life for God will be lacking and our lives amongst people will be difficult. And so, you have a difficult boss, you have a difficult spouse, you have a difficult child, you have a difficult friend, you have a difficult whatever. Friendship with God friendship with God. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Nothing in the Bible, by the way, is coincidence because it's all inspired by God. Whether it was written by man or not, the scriptures that we find them, uh, $20 a Bible this morning and about $40 for another one, are all inspired by God. And so when we read Nehemiah 1 and we see a considerable part of it talking and reflecting a prayer that Nehemiah has, we've got to understand that God's trying to show us something and teach us something. Don't just skim over it and know what he's praying, I know what he's praying about. No, no, God was saying, actually, you know what? The rebuilding of the wall is hinged on this. That he relates to me. And actually, the first thing that he does, and that's the first point that I want to make, and we've just got four as we come to a, a close this morning, is that Friendship with God is clearly illustrated for us in this story by how he approaches God. I love the fact that Nehemiah, when he hears about this, this disturbing news, what he does is he fasts, he, he cries out, and, he, and he's distraught. 
But it doesn't run to Google and Google, ah, I've got a rebuild wall of Jerusalem or whatever. How do you do this and how do you manufacture that? No, what it does is he approaches God. And so what do you and I do when we find ourselves in a, in a time of turmoil and, and being distraught? Who do we run to? You know, do you run to your parents? Do you run to your friends? Do you run to your spouse? Do you run to whoever? We read the story, we find just an illustration of someone who runs to God first. Why does God give us that story? Because He wants to teach us something about how we ought to live. That's why we need to open our eyes when we read the Bible. Don't just read it for information, read it, read it for transformation. And when I read, how should this transform my life? How can what am I reading that has the potential to transform the way I live? And here we have a beautiful example. Just, just like run out to God. Doesn't run to the king first of all, where he was employed. He runs to God. This is where real friendship is found. And wanting to be with those that we are comfortable with. It seems, I've never spoken to you in your mind. But it seems that he was very comfortable with God. And that immediately when he was challenged to start talking to God. And we find that repeated a number of times throughout the book. And it so clearly lines up with what James says in, in James chapter 4 and verse 8. He says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's like, man, it's so good for us to draw near, to approach our God. He's approachable. You don't need to do anything to approach Him. You just go say, God, how are you? This is who I am. This is what's happening. Just talk to God. Just engage God. You don't have to go through channels and all sorts of ways to approach Him. question we need to ask ourselves, friend, is, when you're in a time of trouble, who do you approach? Just simply, how do we define friendship? Do you approach God? The second thing that we find Nehemiah does is he admires God. He says in verse 5, O Lord God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments. Nehemiah comes and he says, I, I admire you, God. You're an awesome God. He's, he's just again aware of the great God that he serves. Let's not ever lose the awe, the admiration, the respect, the reverence, the honor, the worship of God. Let's never, as we befriend Him, it's not like, he's my pal, and you know, I can just flick my finger and God is there. That's, that's so com completely wrong. Theologically, God is not there just for us to call on Him and He rushes to us. No, God is the one that needs to be admired. And that's what makes friendship with him so incredibly miraculous, that this great God says, I want to be your friend. The beautiful thing that Jesus confirms that in John 15, where he says, greater love is no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. He says, I no longer call you servants. I'm your friend. I call you a friend. That's the beautiful thing. My friendship with God. He initiated it. You and I did it. You just got to respond. The third thing about 
this prayer, or from this prayer that we pick up, is that friendship with God means that he was humble before God. Nehemiah was. And in this, he Im- immediately admits the reason for their predicament and the state of the nation and the state of the city was their sin. That they were wrong. And he was admit, he was willing to admit his and their mistakes and say, God, we're wrong. And in friendship with God, one of the things that we've got to understand is that there will be times, many times, that we will be wrong. Come on. We make mistakes. It doesn't mean that you're bad. Remember, failure is never a person. It's just a moment. Failure can never define you. But what defines us is our humility before God. It says, God, I'm actually wrong. And Nehemiah did that. And the fourth thing that he does is in verses 8 to 11. You can read through it and just pick up from there the fact that he is absolutely assured of God. He's so confident in who God is. He says, I know that you will return to me. Or he says, I know that if we are unfaithful, you say that you will scatter amongst us. But if we return to you and keep your commandments and do them, though we were outcasts, from there you will gather us and bring us back to the place that you've chosen to make us dwell there. We are your servants and your people whom you've redeemed by your great power and by your strong hand. And he's saying, God, I need to go do this work. I depend on you. And Nehemiah, because of a friendship with God, he's absolutely assured of who God is. As we journey with Jesus, our friendship with Him is determined by these things. But the fact that you and I can say, I'm confident that God is able. No matter what it is that I'm battling with, I know that He's able. My confidence is not my ability. My confidence is in Him. And so the more we become anxious, the more we stress, the more we worry, the less our friendship with God is real in our lives. It's more and more shallow. That's why I say we can, we can say we're Christians, we can say we're believers or, or princesses of God, but how is your friendship with God? How do we define that? How much do you worry? Because if your friend is truly allowed to be what he wants to be to you, you will have peace. You will be in a good state of mind. Because your friendship with him allows you to be at peace. It's not a formula, friends. It's a relationship. And the Amaya does introduce us to something so beautiful about that. It says, I conclude this way. I want to ask you this question. And I really want to allow you to think about it now and over the next couple of days too. And it's not questions to condemn or criticize anyone. It's just questions that we ask. And it simply is this. Are you in friendship with God? Are you aware of God? It's great. The fact that you are here indicates that you are interested in God. Do you possibly want to pursue Him? And if you're here because you are pursuing Him and you want to grow in that, that's great. And you know that He wants to be your friend. I'm not asking, do you know that Jesus died for your sins? 
most of you probably know that. If you don't, we'd love to talk to you about it. But I want you to firstly know that He wants to be your friend. Do you know that you actually need help in your friendship with Him? You can't do this on your own. That's why the body of Christ is such a beautiful, beautiful organism. That we need each other. And by the way, that's why we do life groups during the week. That's why the young people, when they get together, they try to connect in smaller ways, and smaller groups. Because we need help in befriending God. We need to be encouraged through each other's own journeys as we walk together with God. And I want to ask you another question. Is your friendship with God affecting the way that you relate to people? How do you and, I, how do you and God are in friendship with each other? Is it having an effect on the people around you? People that you call friends or not? The second thing that I want to ask is are you in friendship with people? Because we all need to be. Now how are you doing with that? If you're really battling, we'd love to help you. But mostly God wants to help you through a friendship with Him. Because we cannot do this alone. There are many times that we battle in terms of relating to people. And we need each other's help. And God wants to help you. So folks, as we, as we close this morning, just talking about friendship with God, related to it from the story of Nehemiah's prayer in, in chapter 1. I want to ask you, encourage you, rather, about your own friendship with God. And if you're saying this morning, I've never had that, we'd love to help you. We cannot, and I just turn the switch, and then suddenly you're in friendship with God. If sin is a reason that you're not in friendship with God, then suddenly Jesus says to you, if you come to me, it's so beautiful in the Bible, it says if we confess our sins, 1 John, and, 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 and repent of it, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all sins and of all unrighteousness. He says if there's any separation between you and a friendship with God, he says repentance removes that separation. And if you need help in that area, we'd love to help you. But if you're also just battling, you, you've been a follower of Jesus for a while, but friendship with God is just something that eludes you. It's just a distant thing. You, you hear about other people talking about it. We'd love to help you too and pray with you. So can I ask you just to close your eyes as we as we close in prayer. And trust the Lord to to minister to hearts this morning on this topic. And Holy Spirit, as we as we finish our moment together, I thank you that um, your heart is to to draw us. You're incredible in doing this, Lord. We, we can never do it ourselves. You draw us closer to you. And I pray for people this morning, Lord God, that have never ever entered into a friendship with you, a relationship with you. They've, they've always heard about it. They've been aware of it. Maybe they've never even been aware of it. This morning, as, as we've spoken about this, Lord God, it's just something triggered in that heart to say, this is what I want. I want a friendship with God. I want to be known as friend of God. 
And friend, if that is to you and you're saying, I've never, I've never experienced this, I just want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. It's just a simple prayer. You're saying, Jesus, I thank you that you've opened the door for me to be a friend of God, to die on a cross for me. And I thank you that your death is enough. Nothing more needs to be done to enable me to be your friend. And I accept your death on the cross for my sins as a way to remove any obstacle between me and you. And I thank you that from this moment on, I can start this friendship walk with you and get to know you more. I pray that you will forgive me for my sins and allowing it to cause a hindrance between me and you. But this morning, I thank you for your grace to call me closer. Thank you, Jesus, for this. Guys, if you just keep your eyes closed, and I was to ask if there's anyone that's prayed this prayer, if you could just quickly just shoot up your hand and say, yes, I prayed this prayer. I just said, God, I want to be your friend. Anything that has been an obstacle in my life, I thank you for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, for those hands. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Lord, I pray that each one of us that pray this prayer will understand the simplicity of walking this journey now with you. Not trying to be better, trying to improve things, but just simply saying, yes, I'm a friend of God because of what Jesus done for me. And from this moment on, I'm going to enjoy the beauty of that. Father, I thank you. I also just want to pray for people this morning that are battling in friendships with others. You know that there are certain friendships and relationships that you are in that it's a real battle for whatever reason. And we don't want details and it's really great just to keep your eyes closed. Because I want to ask you, if you need prayer in that area, why don't you just shoot up your hand as well and say, yeah, there's certain relationships that I'm really battling with and I need, I need prayer. I need God's grace. And I need my friendship with God to enable me to have a better friendship with these people. Thank you, Father. You see these hands, Lord God. Quite a number of people, Lord God, that are crying out to you this morning, saying, Jesus, I trust you. Thank you for your hands. Lord, I pray for every person here this morning that is saying, there's certain relationships that we are battling in. We're struggling, God. But we thank you that our struggles are noticed by you. Even if we had raised our hands or not, you know exactly what's going on in our lives. You know exactly the situation. And this morning, Father, as people have acknowledged their need for you, I thank you that by your grace, Lord God, you will reach out to them and enable them to get perspective from you as to how to deal in this particular situation. Father, if it requires of us to humble ourselves and admit that we were wrong and, and ask for forgiveness from the particular person, we pray, Lord God, for your grace on these individuals to do that. Where there are people, Lord God, that need to be forgiven, because of things that they've done to the people who have raised their hands. I pray for grace in our, Lord God, our brothers and sisters to be able to say, I forgive you for what you've done to me. Lord God, we pray that the oil of the Holy Spirit will come and lubricate those friendships. As we, as people here this morning, are prepared to say, Lord God, use me to bring about a change in this particular situation that I'm trusting you to change. 
Lord God, may we be the people that you use when we pray for the people that we're battling with. I pray, God, for your grace and just the humility upon people to say, Here am I, Lord. How do you want to use me to bring about reconciliation in this situation? Father, I trust for that. Trust you, Jesus. We pray for testimonies that will come forth from this moment where people have said, Yes, here am I. I have a tough situation, but here am I. Use me to bring about change in that particular situation. Trust you for it, Jesus. Trust you for it. In Jesus' name we pray.